This is Tom Harvey, the Economy Guy. Welcome to the world of macroeconomics and how it affects you. I am looking at the world's economics, trying to interpret them, and more importantly, wondering where they are going and what they are going to do to us in particular. So this is your window into that world. I don't give any personal financial advice. I just give information and facts as I see them, and occasionally my opinions. I want this to be an educational show for you, so you can learn to think for yourself and make your own great financial decisions. Please enjoy it, and welcome. It is May the 2nd, Sunday, and this is the Economy Guy coming to you one more time. Another great week just finished and another great week coming toward us. In today's uh, podcast, I'm going to have four segments. I think I'll just start with uh, quickly wrapping up the, all the key markets around the globe, uh, what's happened there. Uh, and I'll move on to kind of world news and U.S. economic news. They're short little pieces on what's going on, some uh, fascinating stuff that's in that one. The third segment will be a specialization topic of China. Let's talk about China in a little bit of depth because uh, it's a danger spot. Uh, so it, I want the uh, listeners to understand what's going on in China. Fourth and last is the uh, six precursors to a market crash. Let's summarize what happened this last week, see if anything changed. And with that, let's move on to the markets. And this is segment number one, the wrap-up of the markets. Let's hit the Dow Jones. The Dow Jones ended at 33,874. That's down a little less than 200 points in the week. Uh, effectively, when it's a, such a big number, yeah, that's sideways. The market went nowhere, slightly down. Went nowhere last week. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, the 10-year bond. The 10-year bond ended at 1.631%. That's an increase from 1.567, uh, doesn't sound like a big increase, but it is. It's starting its move back up. Next week will be the telling week to see if this is a true increase in the interest rates going on, which will put pressure everywhere in our economy. The U.S. dollar strengthened this last week. It's basically a pen, worth a penny more across the board. Uh, so it's... Uh, a solid, strong dollar. It's not super strong like it used to be. It's not weak. It's not weakening like we think it might do. It's just standing, kind of staying in a strong position. That's what the dollar is doing. Oil ended the week at 63.50. Uh, last week it was 62, so a little increase. Not much. I'm not getting worried about the inflation in oil until it gets over 65. Then I'll declare inflation has been with us because then I really think we're going to see price hikes at the, at the gasoline pump. Uh, gold ended the week at 1770. That's down $8. Uh, with a strengthening dollar and an increasing interest rates, uh, gold was quite resilient this lack. It was under pressure the entire week. To only have uh, ended down eight is uh, remarkable. It showed a lot of strength, actually. Uh, so, and that is, in my opinion, the future of gold. That's it for this segment. Let's go on to the second segment. This is segment two, and I really want to start off talking about France. 
a lot going on in France right now and have personal interest there. <clears throat> so enjoy it a lot. <clears throat> First of all, the uh, there's a an, most important is politics. Next year, there's an election, 2022. The two main candidates who are polling the highest right now is the current president, President Macron, and Marine Le Pen. She is uh, uh, head of the, a very uh, right-wing party, and uh, her standings have been doing nothing but going up, up, up as terrorist attacks continue in France. President Macron, on the other hand, has a 60% disapproval rating, 60% disapproval, on his handling of the pandemic. I know from my personal uh, time in France, the French people are really angry with the way the, the whole pandemic has been handled. Everything to do with it, with the vaccines and the closing down of shops and, and opening up of shops and et cetera, et cetera. They, are very, very unhappy with what's going on. Uh, I, a little shout out to Bob. I re really appreciate that. Bob sent me a, an article I did not have, and I appreciate it. He sent it to me, the original French letter that uh, was signed by well over a thousand military people, retired and active in the French military, to the government of France, the president and the government, who were basically extremely unhappy with what's going on in France, unhappy with the terrorist attacks, and unhappy with the uh, privileges being given to Islam within France, the uh, laws which are not being followed in France, and are basically saying France can could easily erupt into a civil war. It was a very, in my opinion, very threatening letter. I read the entire letter. Uh, to the, and a very serious letter to the French government. Uh, the French government responded by saying, oh, no one should ever be saying things like that. Uh, it's, it tells me a lot if you have high-ranking officers willing to sign their name on a document and being criticizing the current government. Uh, it, it, this is very serious, very, very serious in any, any country. In France, well, the French have a, a way of letting the military overthrow themselves once in a while. Things get bad enough. It could be that bad. You know, some countries like the United States don't have that kind of history, but France does have that history. And, but France has a, you know, another problem hanging over their head, and that is that, did you know that 63%, 63% of the GDP in France comes from government spending, which means the private sector only contributes, what's that? 37%. 63 from the government, 37 from people. Uh, that's a big imbalance. Uh, and uh, so, and it shows you the socialist government, the socialist thinking, the socialist, uh, you know, services being provided within France. I uh, hope that gave you a, a another important thing. It's something to be watching for. Uh, a warning to the government by military is, you know, very serious. Um, let's, let's watch it. Don't be surprised if future things happen. And on to Taiwan. Taiwan is uh, the major chip producer in the world. And by chip, I mean, you know, computer chips. Things that go in everything that we're buying are chips. Well, the majority are made in Taiwan. In fact, there's one company in Taiwan, which is called 
TSMC, which makes over half the chips in the world, so you probably have something they made at your in your house somewhere. Um, they are having a, uh, there is a, a huge lack of chip production coming out of Taiwan today. And the interesting part of this is, why is it? It's because there's a huge amount of water used in making chips. It must be cooling things or who knows what, but there's a lot of water used. It's certainly not inside the chip because they're not wet, are they? Anyway, so there is a drought in Taiwan today and the chip makers had to shut down and not make chips. It's a big problem. Big, big problem. And the governments of the world recognize the chip problem. They uh, don't want China to uh, take over the chip production. They certainly don't want China to take over Taiwan because they would put a stranglehold on the rest of the world by owning the chip production, if they own Taiwan. And uh, so the countries of the world are uh, trying to make more in-house, you might call it. And how do they do that? In the United States, for example, uh, that TSMC company is opening a factory in Arizona and is going to be making chips right there. That's uh, one way that they respond. Now, how about the United States vaccine? How about a, one of the most unique marketing things I've ever seen? Why should people take a vaccine? Well, the governor of West Virginia is going to pay any West Virginian who gets vaccinated $100. That's it. You come and get vaccinated, you get a hundred bucks. Now that seems to me like, you know, positive marketing, and it's only going to cost twenty-seven and a half million bucks total if if all the people that don't haven't been vaccinated get it, and uh, and the governor think that that price is worth it. It's a small change compared to everything else that's going on. Isn't that interesting? Well, yeah, I didn't know we had a governor that knew marketing. And on to the U.S. economy. What's happening in the U.S. economy that's going on? Well, new home sales set a record in this Mar in March last month. In March, or not my month before last now, that is May, in March, set a new record and was soaring off the, off the charts. Most of the new houses were sold in the south of the United States. In fact, in the west, less houses were sold than before. So they were actually had a, a little contraction in the west. But in the South, it's booming. Now, uh, how about inflation? Did you know that copper prices have doubled in the last year? And copper is used in a lot of things. They sure is. And how about uh, the U.S. GDP? The U.S. GDP today has come back so strongly that it's almost, almost all the way up to where it fell off, like in February of 2020. That's when we had the big crash. We're almost back to that GDP right now. That's how strong the U.S. economy is today. In spite of all of the bad places in the U.S. economy, we put, fill in those bad places, we'll be setting a record GDP numbers. And now let's move on to segment three. And on to segment three. This is all about China and a very serious topic this time. China is uh, what I consider a flashpoint. 
Uh, the, if we have a next world war, it will be with China. No question about that. Oh, what should we be doing when you think about China? And that's watch what they're doing, especially in the South China Sea. What is China doing there? You see, they claim that the South China Sea belongs to themselves, the uh, mainland Chinese. And, uh, but the, the entire world, I think without exception, thinks that their claims are bogus. They're historically old claims that the current Chinese Communist Party have come up with. So they don't have valid legal claims like they're saying. They uh, are talking very strongly about invading and wanting to take over Taiwan. Watch that. That's a big, big deal. And I consider that a very dangerous thing because Taiwan does not have any alliances with anyone. There's no NATO around that says, hey, we're gonna, we'll go to war with you, Taiwan, if you're invaded. They're sitting there needing to defend themselves right now, even though there's a lot of kind words being spoken around them. Who will actually send so soldiers there? Uh, no one today is the real answer to that. So that actually encourages the Chinese to invade, in my mind. China's, uh, you know, they're creating islands in the middle of the South China Sea and then militarizing them big time. And they've been doing that for the last seven years, and that's their way of claiming more and more of the area. Watch for more of that going on. And uh, there is a truly major military buildup going on with the Chinese military. That's Army, Navy, Air Force, and space. Uh, they, uh, there's no question that the Chinese military is the second most powerful military in the world after the U.S. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> like good soldiers, they're fully brazen and ready to go to war. No question about that. Well, what should the West do with that situation in China? Well, the first thing the West should do is move our industry out of China. Take it home from whatever country it came from. Uh, that was probably the dumbest mistake ever made in the last hundred years was putting all of our factories in China and stopping them at home. Uh, Got to bring them back home. So do a lot of that. And reduce our engagement with China. In other words, don't so much, no, not so much commerce with China because all that money is just simply funding the Chinese military and Chinese government. So we've got to reduce our interaction with China because it costs money and it's making them richer. And third and lastly, we have to make sure that the U.S. military budget can support a war with China. We have to be ready with for, to handle whatever threats the Chinese military have. And they have many, 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 and they're very proud of them, and they show them off all the time. So... Uh, read the news, see what their what their latest gadget is they're, they're showing. So uh, with that, it's the end of segment three, on to the last segment, segment four. And on to segment number four, our six precursors for a market crash. First one is the 10-year treasury uh, interest rate, which is ended at 1.631. It was actually up this last week. Dangerous. I think it's... Uh, we are in an orange light. I mean, this is something to be truly watching. I think that the interest rate problems and pressures we had in the past are coming back. They appear to be time will prove whether I'm right or wrong. 
if I'm right, this will become a major problem. And uh, it will affect the way the Fed results. If we have an increasing interest rate in the 10-year, then the Fed could easily raise their rates in order to tamp these down. Uh, and if they do that, they'll crash the market. That's what we're looking for. Uh, that's what the danger that we're looking for. The second is the high yield bond valuation. That and that an increasing valuation means high yield bonds are lovely and everybody loves them and the world is safe. And a, a falling valuation means that people are getting out of high yield bonds. The value is falling. They're selling them, and that's a, probably a one or two week before a market crash. This crashes. The smart money gets out of high yield bonds first. So uh, what happened here? Actually, high yield bonds increased in value. So no problem. Market's safe. High yield bonds are safe. Everybody's happy. Fat, dumb, and happy is kind of a good way to look at it. The third precursor I look at is uh, the, uh, in, in the exchange rates or the strength of the U.S. dollar against other currencies. And what I'm looking for here is a falling U.S. dollar as a if we have a lot of inflation and uh, we are ahead of the rest of the world, we will see the dollar fall off and that will cause uh, uh, inflation. That'll actually uh, add fire to an inflation as imported goods cost more. Uh, so uh, that's not happening. That's not happening. So a, a falling dollar could cause a, a crash in the market. Uh, but that's not happening. We had a strengthening dollar this last week and it seems to be in a solid position. The dollar is not in a danger zone. It's not reacting to the world that way. The fourth precursor is uh, the CPI, or the Consumer Price Index Inflation Rate, and it we haven't had a new one. We'll be getting one in a couple of weeks for April, but we are now in an increased inflation environment, and I think we will see increased, increased inflation. So that's my prediction for that, and uh, if we do, that uh, if it gets beyond what people expected, that will crash the market. Because uh, inflation's not good for companies, typically. Not good for the economy. It just, especially when it's a, surpri a surprise and we're in that environment now. The fifth precursor, any Fed policy change. And every week the Fed, some member of the Fed or the Fed chairman, uh, come out <coughs> and talk about what they're doing, and they have consistently said, no change, no change, no change. And uh, what we're looking for is a change. Any change, especially increasing interest rates, would cause a market crash. There is no change, so this is a, uh, a green area right now. The Fed's not going to cause it. And the sixth and last precursor is a bluebird, something that comes out of the blue that in, in and of itself would crash the market. Like some crazy person crashing the major banking structures of the world. Okay. We've come close to that in the past. Uh, and so those kind of things uh, get my attention. If you see any, send them on to me, please. Now, I'm wishing everybody a great week. Yeah, we are starting May. May is going to be a good month for everyone. Uh, let's enjoy it. and Enjoy the uh, prosperity that the world is experiencing right now. And... Uh, have good health. Keep your health good. There's nothing better than health as far as an investment goes. Do it in yourself. Be talking to you next week.
This is The Economy Guy, signing off. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit that subscription button. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. Nothing should be construed as advice or solicitation to make a trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by the listeners.